backward would be awesome. Pull forward. Come f- hither. <laughs> Prissy. That'd be great. I'm going to make Carrie sit on this side too. <laughs> Do I sit up here? That's okay. Hey, Todd, can you put the clock? All right, the one thing about Train to Rain is we are on a time clock, and we know people come in during their lunch times, and when everybody leaves, they'll have a lunch to take with them because we know that we do go over sometimes on lunch. So, Todd, if you turn the clock around towards me, that would be great for me to see that to keep on time. would be awesome because we don't want anybody to be late today. All right, awesome. So this year I already opened up and let you know that this year is a year of movement, of understanding the movement and how to advance the kingdom of God from within. Last year we talked about vision, but this year we're talking about movement because there is no movement towards your vision until there's a change within. And to have a change within, you have to understand the functions and how they connect within yourself so that you can be moving towards the will of God and what he has in your life. And so last week was our last month was our first class where we talked about everything was in motion. You know, before I ever came, one of the things I used to always say when I first entered my business, whether I was a school teacher or whether I started real estate, because I taught school for for 11 years as fifth grader, and then I've done now 16 years of real estate. And so, but always, I would say to my classroom, keep everything what? Moving. Keep everything moving. I liked everything in motion. I never liked anything to stand still for too much time. I like to know that there was movement around me. So I would always say everything in motion, everything in motion. The best thing is when I really came to my conversion in Christ, letting the Lord lead my life, he loves everything in motion. He wants to keep everything in motion. But we have to tap in to the internal functions that advance us in that motion. That's what I didn't have connection. We can know something but then really understand the knowledge of it and how it produces something, man, that's the, that is the clicker. So last week we defined, and I'm just going to review this because we have some new people here. Motion is an act of moving, a process of moving, changing place or position or posture. So that means when it's time to move, you know what? When we're in elementary school, we would have little, everybody's been in school where you've had little, um, what do you call it? Um, oh, You go from one place to another, and one place you do an activity, and the other place, stations, okay? Have you ever been in something where you have to go from station to station? Even in exercising, what do they do? They have you, okay, do cardio here, lift weights here, stretch over here. There's always things changing a place or position or posture, because I like that. God doesn't want us to stay what? Stiff and stale. He wants us to keep moving. There is a power of movement as of a living body. Our living body is physical. So we've got to keep ourselves moving physically. Uh, There is a part of the body that moves and has power and that can motivate us. There is a formal suggestion, a proposal that is made for something to be done. That is what emotion is. Out in the business world, emotion can be somebody in a meeting presenting an idea, a formal suggestion. So it's not just a physical, it's also a verbal expression of an idea, a proposal that is made for something to be done, whether that gets done or not. But when we come together, we share ideas, we share things. So movement is a productive manifestation of an unseen thing. 
See, I love this. As God moves us towards what he wants us to do in the advancement with him, we have to do it by faith. So that means we're not going to understand all our steps. So movement is to produce something. It is tactical. It is strategic shift for the an advancement in a series of activities working toward an objective. You know how many times do we put an objective out, but we really don't work the steps towards that objective? So we kind of sometimes can miss it because it's hit and miss. So we all want to achieve, and the Word says that He wants to reward us for our diligent faith, our diligent work of our hands, our seeking of Him. He really wants to put us in that special place. So keep in mind, this is a chart that has come that has come through Revelation, and that we have learned about, and we have we have studied this, taught it many times, and this year it was really put in our heart to bring this into the business because train to reign you still need to have these same principles and understandings within yourself to advance you in what God has you to do. So there are sections. The first one, we talked about the regenerated spirit, which is recognizing that the Holy Spirit lives within you, where he wants to walk out. We have to learn to walk out our Holy, our salvation with our Holy Spirit. This is what I called last week the source of everything. The Holy Spirit, which I know most of you have already been here a couple times, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of all truth. It is the spirit of truth within you that identifies with the truth of the spirit on the outside of you. And so we have to, we taught this last week in understanding how the Holy Spirit sits in our temple and helps us to direct our way. So it is the source of our move. That's what we talked about. And if you don't, if you want that tape from last week, get that tape because now this week we're going to build on it. We're going to move on the functions of the soul. And so just to remind you, in the regenerated spirit is in the core, God speaks to your intuition. That's how you knew your vision. Something spoke within your spirit first. But then this is where people miss this step, communing with God, worshiping God, spending time with God. God, he is the one that created the vision for you. So when you spend time with him, He'll actually cultivate that vision. And then as you grow with him, you're able to discern the moves and the way in which you should go. So now that was what we talked about, the source. Okay, if we're not connected to the source, then you really are missing what God has for your life and what plan he has created you to be and what the flow he's created you to be in. We are all a different part of this world, and we all have something to contribute to it. He didn't waste his time creating you and not giving you the source in which to tap into to advance you. And it doesn't mean you have to do it perfect. Right, Charlie Brown? We can hit and we can miss. And you know what the thing is? If we keep coming back to him, he is faithful. He is really going to set us right back on that track when we get frustrated. How many people have been frustrated? right? In that frustration is where he is pressing you. And that's where we're going to talk about because the only way, this is so awesome when you think about it, and, and it's so simple when you get it, the functions of the soul is what we're going to talk about today because that is the producer, all right? I like it. He, that is the producer, the producer of our move. So we get the source of our move. Now today we're going to talk about the production of that move because the soul is the producer of whatever your spirit wants you to do 
or it's also going to be the producer of what your flesh wants you to do, which is your will. There is God's will and there is your will. And you know, the most beautiful thing is God created us to choose one. (laughs) He didn't create us to choose two. He created us to choose one. So when he sets life before you, you are going to choose your will or you're going to choose God's will. And so he wants us to renew our soul. He wants us to see things from God's perspective, not the world perspective. And that is very difficult because we grow up and we are born into a world of sin. And we're born into a world of sin and we don't understand the Holy Spirit. We are really walking in our own will. Because, I mean, like I said, we can have intuition feelings. How many people had before you knew Christ? You kind of just knew, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. But what did you do? You did that. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh. I knew I shouldn't have done that. Do you know what I mean? And then, but you still kept moving in that direction. So he wants us to renew our soul, our mind, by the revelation of the word of God, washing our heart of the lie to his truth. That's how we move. That is the most, that is the most pinnacle, pinnacle understanding of this whole chart. Because if you can't understand, I'm going to teach you about these four functions today. If you can't understand how these four functions work, then you're missing, you feel tossed to and fro. The third section, which we're going to talk about next month, is awareness of grace. And you know what? Awareness of grace is awesome because this is where he wants to show us how to push through the move. He wants us to be aware of his flow and how his grace works. Because once we have the faith in what his plan is, boom, he can icing on grace and you can move through a plan so much faster than you could ever expect through his grace. So that's what we're going to be talking about next, the next month. But then the last section, the Trinity becomes one, the abundant life in Christ. That is actually the result of our movement. God has a promise for each and every one of us. He has a place of happiness. He has a place of joy. He has a place of peace that he all wants us to obtain in our business world. He wants it in our homes. He wants it to be a wholeness that we experience. He, Jesus came to redeem us back to wholeness. So that's the overall, this is what we're going to be teaching is the step-by-step play on this this whole year. And we're going to learn about how we walk by witness. We're going to learn about what is an adversary, what is a trial, what is an opposition, what is a temptation. But just know for today, we're going to function on the soul. We're just going to break this little bit of understanding. And everybody has a little picture and some verses that you've been given so that you can can actually kind of study that. So God advances us by what we believe in, by our faith, and by our choice in him. So the producer of our movement, a true movement comes from within the heart of the Holy Spirit, but it also must be produced through a heart of a soul. So there's the heart of the Holy Spirit, but there's also the heart of our soul. Todd, can you please put up Romans 12 too? I love it how God gives us a choice to choose own, O-W-N. He gives us a choice to choose our own. All right, it says Romans 12 too. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, isn't that awesome? 
So we have a goodwill, acceptable, and perfect will of God that he wants us all to achieve. Now, doesn't that make you excited? There should be no depressed soul in the world because God already has a plan for everybody born after Christ. It's already there. And he has a profitable plan. He did not call his servants not to prosper, but he also called us all to grow in a process. And he says, there is a process of the soul that we have to really go through. And he showed it through us through Jesus. So he reminds us, we don't want to be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now, transformation, transformation, you feel it. It's like, we've, you always hear the story about the butterfly, starts as a caterpillar, turns into a butterfly. Well, that, that caterpillar had to be what? Completely, its body, its physical body, its movements, its thoughts, its purposes started one way and got transformed in another way. A caterpillar can't fly, but it can do what? Climb, right? A caterpillar really eats a what? Lot. It eats through, every, it can eat and eat and eat right? Because it's growing to be transformed in its new assignment, which is to what? Fly. All right. We're all called to be transformed to do what? Fly in our advancement of what God has for us. But it's when our soul starts to conform to the world, it starts to conform to the things of the world, that that's when we start feeling, we start feeling what? Wiggly. How many people have, they're working towards something with God. They've given it to God. And then all of a sudden, temptation, adversary, everything of the world comes and you actually start what? Getting into the world facts, getting into the world move. Start. Oh, I mean, come on. Illness and sickness is one of the best things. Do you know what I mean? It is awesome. If you are in him and you can believe the word that he really died for your health, his stripes, really, he took on the beating, right? For our what? Wholeness. And if our soul prospers, what else prospers? Our health. That is real. That is why when you believe and that belief becomes so grounded in you, he, the word cannot come back void. When it is spoken from the spirit by the heart of the soul, the heart of the soul has to believe it. So there's nothing that God hasn't already showed you that cannot be accomplished. But how are you holding it back through your soul? Your soul can tear down. Our souls are rough. You know what I mean? They have to be transformed. That means it's nothing that we can do. Only God can do it. All we can do is invite him in and ask him for his will and then allow the worship and the word to start working in us. And then, boy, he makes that increase. So it is a beautiful process because God gives us a choice to choose his will or our his own will or our own will. Now, you know what? As I've been growing in Christ, it amazes me how God really wants us to choose him like little kids, not like mature adults in the business world making a very rational decision. He doesn't want us to look at it like that. He wants us to come boldly to him like a child. He wants us to run to him with our soul afflicted. Do you know what I mean? Because our soul cannot understand everything that we're going through. So even in, I love this, we have to be like dressed up in the business world. But when we are submitting that plan to God in our personal prayer life and our worship, we can come to him. I don't get it. Help me. You know, just like a little kid will come to a teacher because he wants us to have our own. He wants us to have ownership, but it's not ownership of the world. I remember when the Lord balanced this out for me. He, I looked up the word own and the word own in the world means possession. 
It means gaining possession, gaining possession, gaining possession. We actually love when we are growing up, we grow up to go to school to make money so we can have what? Possessions. So we can have a house, we can have a car, we can have money, we can go out to eat, we can do all these things. And God wants us to have all these things, all right? But first, he wants us to have ownership with him. And own, the other definition is oneness. There is no other possessions until you have oneness of soul and spirit with him. All right? And that's what we're working towards. If we can get this spirit and this soul to start maneuvering as one in the advancement, then guess what? Man, he's not going to deny you anything that you need to do your assignment. He really isn't. We have awesome miracles in this ministry and in this business of people experiencing that shift because everybody needs a little shift. You start at the, you start at the beginning and there are going to be process stages. And he gives you what you need when you know it. So through the process, it's only through the renewing of the mind. And it's a transformation. It's a transformation, not conforming yourself to the list of rules. Do you know what I mean? It's conforming. You have to, you have to be transformed by the washing of the word in your soul. All right. So in the Bible, I love this. The mind, the soul is really likened to a piece of property. All right, I love it. We have real estate firm. I love it when I went from a school teacher cultivating the minds of the youth, <laughs> helping to teach them into real estate. And I never could really, I felt drawn to real estate, but I'm going to be honest with you, I never liked realtors. <laughs> I overpaid for my first house and I was like, why did that person let me buy that for 10000 more than what I should have? You know what I mean? Because of my ignorance, I didn't understand the real estate world. And um, But as I was growing towards it, Now, as I realize spiritually, what God was teaching me is our soul is a possession of property. And in the Old Testament, when they talk about taking dominion, gaining the land, man, start thinking about your soul. Think about it in that way. He is giving you strategy of how he takes possession of your soul. Because when he has possession of your soul, then guess what? You own everything. There isn't anything you don't own. When God shifted me into understanding the world of business into his way of business, he said, you will own nothing, but you will have everything. Uh, Because in the soul, when the soul hits that abundant life of peace, joy, and righteousness, you really do feel like you own everything because you're with him because he owns it all. We already are to receive an inheritance and a promise with him, an abundant life in Christ. Isn't that awesome? Aren't you excited about renewing your soul? All right, I would be, yeah, because we want to, the New Testament garden is a field ready to be cultivated. We are already born with this awesome, unknown little void that wants to have the regenerated spirit full of light developed in him to produce a cultivated vineyard in your soul, a vineyard that actually produces fruit, advancing you in exactly everything you think you've ever wanted. I challenge everybody, go home tonight and you write down, deep down, not the specific of what you want, write down the desire of something you always knew you just wanted. Not a thing. It is something, it is a, is a, it is a possession of your soul. Do you know what I mean? If you always wanted to have a business, right? And to help other people. Well, that's, man, you start giving that to God. He's going to show you how you're going to help other people. If he gives you, I mean, he gives you a love. I like it. Percy loves, you do the, um, 
what do you do in your business? It's the uh, skincare, right? You know how many people she ministers to? Their souls. She gets them into that instrumental worship. They're getting their little face done. And she is inputting word. Do you know what I mean? In these people. And she enjoys that, don't you? She really enjoys helping another person feel good about themselves. At the same time, feeding in an environment that has the spirit of Christ in it. So there is no wrong or right. It's how are you being led by the spirit? So in the Bible, our mind and soul is like it to a piece of property. It is the New Testament garden, a field ready to be cultivated into a fruitful vineyard, producing fruit and living the abundant life he has. We get up every day to do what? What do you get up every day to do? <laughs> right. We're, are you Are you just going through motions? right? Here's the question. What do you get up to do every day? Are you just getting up to go through the motions? Or are you actually activating and producing a motion that can advance the kingdom of God in your life to create a fertile and prosperous life? Think about it. Hey, I remember when I was a school teacher, I knew when that time was done. I was dragging getting up. Had to get in and sign in at <laughs> 7.30. You know what I mean? I love the kids. But I felt locked in a classroom. I really was starting to feel like, okay, my energy on this, something was dying. And God was moving me into something else. All right? Because there are segments of our life that are going to be changed. All right? So, but the one thing I learned when I came over here is that as I put God first every day, he created my motivation. My motivations are crazy. I could be worshiping God, spending time in the word, and all of a sudden, I feel life on something. I don't even know why I feel life on it. And you know what? What's crazy? It actually produces. It does. It may not be for me. It could be what God has me praying for someone else. But I'm always like this. When it comes to pass, isn't that awesome? How we are all beings that if we can surrender our soul to him every morning, he is going to do something with it. So we are actually producing a motion, something prosper in life. We are all given a time span and life on this earth to accomplish something that's already written in the book of life for you to accomplish. Isn't that cool? So it's a mystery. Isn't that romantic? He wants you to get with him to find out what is that thing. And then he's going to process you. Do you know what life means? I love this. Life. Doesn't it feel good when you hear the word? Life. Life is in the word. Life is in the blood. He sent his son, the living word, full of life to show us it in real, live, vivid portion. Life is a capacity for growth. Okay. He wants our soul to have life. Our soul has the capacity for growth. All right. Our soul is the producer to reproduce the plan. Our soul in life actually keeps functional activity. You are constantly in relationship with him all day long. There is a functional activity going. There's an assignment happening. You're hearing something. He's saying something. You're moving on something. Isn't that awesome? It is truly an adventure every day. And guess what it also is? As your soul becomes more renewed in your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, as it keeps growing, it is a continual change. Now, this is what's interesting. The world teaches us to stay what? Stagnant. Get this job, make this income, buy this house, sit here and now work every day. And you feel what? Weighed down because you're not connected with the purpose, the will of God that he has for you. That's what? It's good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect for you. 
in what he has called you to do to advance the kingdom. Please put up 1 John 5, 12. 1 John 5, 12. It's kind of cute. I had this little visual. We're like, okay, we're the temple of God. Do you know what I mean? And our spirit's there. You know how like you have a CD player and the CD track goes out? Okay, and you know there's little circles in there. Do you know what I mean? But you got to plop a disc in it. <laughs> okay, so I look at this like the little tray that comes out. And then I look at this like the disc you put in it. Right? And then it's going to play something. Do you know what I mean? It's either going to clash. <laughs> Come on, I have listened to a tape so long. Uh, be magnified. Today was the first day I'm coming here. And I am singing, be magnified, right? You know? And all of a sudden, the tape doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I have worn that tape out and worn that tape out because he's ready for me to sing a what? A new song? I got to reject that tape and put another tape in. He wants me singing something else. So I want you to think of your souls like that. Our soul is like a CD disc. Who are we playing? Who are we, what are we putting in our soul? What are we listening to? Because you have to hear to know what to do. 1 John 5, 12 says, he who has the son has what? Life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Okay, before anybody leaves here today, if you don't know God, you need to what? Know the son of God. Because that is the only life that generates, that Abel is to take that regenerated spirit and start transforming that soul to do what he already planned for you to do. That's the exciting part. You don't have to apply <laughs> and hand in the college application. You are already what? Approved. You are already approved. But if you don't know you have the son of God, who is the gift that he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us so Jesus can sanctify our soul, then you have no what? Life. I say that very confident. There is no life. You think you have life because you're doing it on your own will. But if everybody notices and everybody's been with us because God sets us up to all experience failure without him. Because that's the only way that makes us what? Choose him. We have to, he says, and we're going to talk about that in will. We actually have to choose him. So if you look on this chart, so I want you to remind you, you have to have the regenerated spirit, the son of God, the Holy Spirit, for Jesus to even start sanctifying the functions of the soul. All right. This is awesome because the soul is, man is made conscience of his existence by the work of his soul. Our soul, remember, it's the producer, and it's going to produce life, or it's going to produce what? Death, okay? It's going to produce something. Please put up Romans 8.5 for me. Romans 8.5 says that the flesh and the spirit war on each other. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the what do they live according to? the things of the spirit. So our soul, because it's the producer, it has the choice to listen to the spirit and do what it says, or it's going to listen to your what? Flesh. It's a constant war. That is, when you read the Old Testament and you hear them warring over land, okay? In a New Testament garden, our soul is land and the spirit and the flesh are fighting for dominion. Okay, but we're born into a world where our flesh wants to be satisfied. All right. And if we all depending on our learning, our experience, God uses them to enhance us. So man has made conscience of his existence by the work of his soul. What work are you doing? Are you doing the works of the flesh or are you doing the works of the 
spirit, okay? So it is the seat of our personality. Here's the best part. This is an awesome thing. It really is our personality. It is the seat of, it says, the soul is like the face of the earth. It is either going to be of complete darkness or it's going to be full of light of Christ once you recognize the, the Son of God is the life. All right? And he starts opening up your personality in ways you didn't even know who you were. All right? He starts lifting off that darkness as you start recognizing that there are four courts of your personality. The first court is your intellect. It's how you choose to reason the world, how you choose to reason the flesh, how you choose to reason the spirit. And I like this because I look at the, I look at the intellect like air. Because people, you can blow them one way. You can say one thing to them one day. Oh, yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. And you can say something to that. Yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. And you're like, okay, where do you land, right? We get blown to and fro. The wind moves. And sometimes our reasoning changes day by day. Do you ever think about that? Our reasoning really does change. Have you ever been mad at somebody? I've used this example many times. Have you ever been really mad at somebody? You had right to be mad and you're mad. And you wake up the next day and you think about the person and you're not really mad. And then you say, oh, I need to get back mad. <laughs> Have you ever done that? I kind of did that with my sister, you know what I mean? One time she really made me mad, and my brother tried to tell me, well, you made her mad, and I was like, no, I was right. And then he, I remember when he said to me, Lee, um, perception is reality. I, mean, I was 21 when he said that to me in Richmond Hill at a pizza shop, and it hit me. My brother, it hit me. I was like, hey, perception is reality. We really have to respect where everybody comes from. And then I called my sister. I said, I was sorry, because I really wasn't that mad at her. Do you know what I mean? I was just, she was always good at being mad. And when she was mad, it always seemed like she got her what? Way. You ever hear a person who's mad gets their way? Well, I kind of wanted to be like that. So I was trying to hold my madness, but I really couldn't do it. But I do laugh at it because our intellect we reasoned our behaviors. We reason our thoughts. We reason our words. We reason our actions. And so when I look at reasoning, I definitely look at it and compare it to the air and the wind that moves through the face of the earth. It's you're going to do what you think is right, but who is the judge of its truth? Until you have the Son of God, which is the life, then you have somebody now to go to and do what? Reason with God. If God created us, then he created our playbook. Our playbook is the what? The Bible. So when you don't know anything or you can't reason it out and you feel that confusion, where do you have to go? Right to the Bible. When we do marriage counseling, I marriage counsel a couple people. The first thing I always say is if you can agree in your marriage that the answer is in there and not in either of you, you'll be really productive. Do you know what I'm saying? Doesn't that lift off the responsibility of making somebody else fulfill your need? Because God already created you with a personality, your soul, and he actually wants you to use that personality with your family, your business, with whatever, and he has you created awesome and not to be like anybody else. That is awesome. So we have to know when our intellect is hearing, I like this, these are like little ears. These are like little ears. When we're hearing things in the world, or we're hearing the word of God, now we start what? Reasoning. What are you reasoning? You're comparing to whatever truth is in your little disc. Okay, what disc are you listening to today? Who are you listening to today? Are you listening to the word of God in the disc, or are you choosing to listen to a theory? What are you listening to? 
You know, you have to, and everything, if you submit it to the word, he will. I love this. I believed in this. It was awesome. I tested it. He says, if you will ask, I will what? I'll show you. I'll tell you. Man, I would sit with that Bible and I'd be like, okay, I don't understand this. I am, I would call out a word and it would be amazing. Over a week or two, he started teaching me on that word, everything about that word, Chris, right? The word, boom, it just hits you. Somebody could be saying something and it's telling you about what you just asked God. Beware what you ask. <laughs> you really, but you're asking. If you're asking, it's because you really want to know. And that's awesome because that means he has an answer to give to you. So I love this. The seat of our personalities first starts always. You can't even think of will and choice, emotions, or your affections until you get it right. Who are you reasoning with? Are you reasoning with God or are you reasoning with what you've already been taught? And you might have already been taught something that is God. But where do you check it out? In the word. That's called spending time with him. When we get up every morning and we surrender to him every morning in this, it's because he's already ready to teach you something you've already asked him. I laugh all the time because I just remember driving home and I said, okay, just put me in my destiny. I am sick of my life. You know, I really am. I'm, tell I'm telling you, I had a million dollar home, expensive. I had possession of a lot of things, making $300,000 a year at Remax. And I was not what? Happy because I did not have the life in my soul. I could believe in Jesus, go to church every Sunday, do all those things, right? And do it per totally on principle, <laughs> not on knowing him because my intellect already had my checklist what religion was. All right. And then I called out in the car. I really did. I was like, just, this isn't right. Just put me in my destiny. And boom, I meet Gene two weeks later. It was crazy. Having every answer to everything that God, God will send somebody to speak to you when you're not, I didn't know to open the Bible. I went to church every Sunday, didn't even open the Bible. Isn't that terrible? That's terrible. But I love it because it was the experience he led me on so that once I knew the truth, guess what? Now I don't want to do anything until I find it in the in the Bible, I tell them all the time, okay, you're showing me, you need to show me this in the Bible <laughs> because that's the only thing I'm going to believe on. Isn't that awesome that he actually gives us a hope? He actually gives us a hope. He actually gives us all, Jesus, uh, the Lord, God, our God, did not waste some time writing this whole Bible. And it's amazing to me, overtakes me how consistent it is over 4,000 years of writing. It doesn't go, now isn't that amazing? We are only but a speck of time. He told me, and it's in the word. I remember hearing him say, we are on this world. It is just a vapor. It is a time is just a vapor. It's a breath up in heaven. We're just a little vapor. But yet he has developed this whole book that's so consistently God and his son and what we're to do that you can't miss it. It's so beautiful. All right. So we have our intellect. So everybody knows who are we reasoning with? God. Where do we go for the resource? The word, right? And then all you have to do is tap into your Holy Spirit. He's the guarantee of all truth. If you really want to know something, he's going to pair it up, the word and the truth. It's going to start working together. All right. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? So now think about this in your business. If anybody is struggling in anything of their business, I'm going to ask you, what movement have you taken today? Have you woken up and submitted what your choices are for today or what you have to accomplish today to him. You can have what you think you need to do, but he has what's really going to get it to you. All right. So be open to that. All right. So now 
we had to know that reasoning is not with the world. Reasoning is with God. All right, so now, as you come to that understanding, this is the spirit pulling through to transform your soul. It wants it to be full of light. Our soul wants to be full of light. And so now, we're going to talk about the court will and choice. All right? Will and choice is very interesting because it is so beautiful. God created us. I, I, I had to really think about this. God created us to choose him. You know, I asked you as I was growing in this, and one day I really did, and you, you probably remember this. I said, I don't get it. What's the purpose? This is all good that we have all this order and all this stuff, but what, is, what, what does God really want out of this? I mean, I really thought about that. What does he really want? God is a spirit of love, but what does he really want? And Gene said something, and he did pierce my body. He said, all he wants is a family. Oh, I started crying because all we all want is a what? A family. He said he just wants a family, but a family, he wants a family that chooses him. Isn't that awesome? That makes me want to cry. He wants a family that will choose his assignment every day. He wants a, he wants a son and he wants a daughter that when you surrender yourself to him in the morning and he teaches him, he says, he says, okay, now choose me today. Choose what you have for me to do today, and then I'm going to take care of all this. Can you conceive that there's a God that if you do what he shows you to do today, or if you get an instruction from something and it bears wisdom with you and you actually do it, that he actually has everything else that needs to be done in your life done? Can you conceive that? Can we trust him? That's really serious. Can we trust him? And that's the one thing I have learned. There are things that it just seems impossible, but something in me says, go, and I'll go. And it's like, he took care of everything else that I would have really thought of for the day. And you know what? I already thought I was flaky and flighty, but I'm even more so now <laughs> because it really is. I can only, you really can only, do, it is true. I mean, I am, I'm okay with that, you know, but I mean, I have no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? <laughs> It's a daily yeah, transformation. I know I am not to my fullness, but I love the transformation every day because I've been hit with some things in the past seven years that almost seemed impossible. When he told me I'd be debt-free in one year, but do it his way, it was impossible. I had to choose the command he gave me every day. And his command lined up with the word. So that doesn't mean I was always taking a word and moralistically standing on a word. I was actually hearing a command from him in worship. And one of the first things he did, he asked me to do to get out of debt was to sell the one piece of property that I had 300 to 350 of equity into. I built a nine, it only cost me $900,000 to build a house, but I only had a loan for 490 on it. I was not upside down. I put all my savings, sold other properties and put the money into that. And the Lord had me give away that house for my payoff to a minister and his wife. And let me tell you something. That blew my mind. I was like, I, 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 I knew I heard him say that. He said, you built that out of your love. Now you're going to give it out of my love. I heard it as clear as clear as day. I mean, and the worship, I was in such a power push of worship that he gave me a faith to actually do it. But I could have sold that house. I could have sold that house for 800000 and had all my debt paid off. But that's not what he was trying to show me. He was trying to show me how he does it, but I had to choose it. 
So when I, I heard one morning, do you want to sell, do you want this house? Ask me if I wanted this house. And I said, no. And then boom, then I heard, then I heard an assignment, give $5,000 away. I was like, give $5,000 away. Okay. So I actually did it and I had to do it really fast. <laughs> and then I heard, I heard, now you built this house out of love. Every day was a different word. Now you built this out of love. Now you're going to give it out of my love. He was going to show me his love, which is total surrender. It is total abandonment to his will. And let me tell you, the moment that house closed, every opposition, everything, God even blessed me with extra. It's so powerful, the testimony, that boom, right after that, he started killing all my debt supernaturally, supernaturally. I owned another house around the block in the same neighborhood that was worth 500000 So I figured, oh, I'll go move into that. I move in. I'm not even there one week. Somebody has to have it for 500000 And my note was less on that, which then gave me money to pay off what? And next debt. And he told me everything would come up to zero. Even the last piece of property I had to sell, it was only worth 45000 but I paid eighty two for it. My payoff was seventy-seven. Somebody came and said they had to have it. I had to give it to Jerry. <laughs> Carrie just started working for us. It was my last debt. I had to give it to Carrie. I was like, oh my God, I can't be a part of this because I couldn't even sell it to the person <laughs> because the property, I knew it was only worth 45000 I couldn't do it. I said, Carrie, take this over. And it was God. And the most thing is when he said to me in the beginning, not the end, I'm going to take you to what? Zero. Do you know every HUD sheet of everything that everything came to what? Zero. Every debt that he told me what to do and he paid it off in a supernatural way. Even if it was a late, something late, I would get a letter back. I mean, this is no kidding. I had an open line of credit that they just switched banks and they wouldn't take my payment anymore, said I had to pay it off. They gave me, we negotiated a number. And the most powerful thing about that is I got a letter back saying I paid it in full. It didn't affect me at all. Now, isn't that powerful? Come on, when God knows what you've, what you, when you were in, he has, I'm going to tell you, when you choose him, and you can hear that command, and you can do it, he is going to prosper you. And he's also going to pardon your sin. He pardons, and love covers a multitude of sin. So I didn't do everything right. But yet, guess what? He said, now if you do it my way, now watch the grace I'm going to pull in your life. And he has. I have no debt. It's amazing. And he did it in one year. He did it his way because... As I decided not to reason the world, I reasoned him and I chose his instruction every day. And I'm going to tell you, there's people that have watched me. The instruction seemed impossible, didn't it, Gene? It really seemed. People told me, you are really going to give away that big house? That I mean, even my attorney who knew my house, been to my house, he said he had to sit down with me in private. Lee, what are you doing? You are not upside down. Why are you doing this? And I said, this is the first time I've ever said this in public. I said, because of God. <laughs> I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but God told me to do this. The Lord showed me to do this. Now, I want to ask you, how many things have we done that we know we know that the Lord showed us to do it? And we stepped into that. And it's not just about your financial freedom, but it's about your financial freedom. It's about your move in business, about your next direction in your family. It's about what you're going to move towards. If you're willing to choose his will, because he wants to show off his family. 
He wants to show off his family. He wants us to say, I got a father in heaven who I may not, I don't have to worry about owning anything in the world, but guess what? I own everything because he's going to bring it to me. He's going to bring it to me as I need. Now, can we believe that much? Because there is a Holy Spirit faith that is unbreakable, that if you're surrendering to him daily, you just, it's just done. And you question it. Don't get me wrong. There's always a period of questioning. But then you just got to what? Do it. When you know it, it starts bubbling up. You can't hold back. That's why we have to stir up. Last month, we talked about stirring up the Holy Spirit. Your spirit needs to be so stirred up so you can hear the command. How do you know you're a child of God? You are led by the Spirit of God, and it is contrary to the world. But that's how you choose his will. All right, let's talk about emotions. So everybody gets that, right? Reason with God, hear his command, choose him, choose life, choose that life. All right, so now we have emotions. I love it. All right, this is where we get tested because the moment you choose it, yep, I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell that house. I'm going to take this move. I'm going to take whatever you're telling me to do. I'm going to give this money. And you say, I'm going to do it. Guess what the first thing comes? Bam. Fear hits. <gasps> and you know who, where fear comes? People. What are you, silly? When the attorney said, what are you? Lee, come on. I know you. I know your house. Why are you doing that? What, what's that feeding? Doubt. All right. So whatever fear is in you now is going to be truly tested. So when you get to that court of fear, every emotion that Satan has touched you from the time you're born to the time of this conversion and movement in him, Man, it starts to it starts to stir up. Remember, you have to choose faith or you have to choose or you choose fear. All right? Fear is when you actually just start moving into the world thinking and doing the old way of things. Find it, okay, well, what would the world say? Okay, let's think about somebody who gets cancer. And God already says to them, You are healed. They are spending time with God. God said the healing is yours. Okay, well, that doesn't mean that healing happens that day all the time. It means there's going to be, there could be a process, but he says it's yours. God even told Hannah that she was going to conceive a child in the bitterness of her soul. She had all her emotions flared out in Jerusalem at the, at the temple. But then he says, God, let God grant you what your, what the affliction of your soul. And so in the bitterness of her soul, but it said in the process of time, she conceived. So she had to deal with herself in a process of what time. That doesn't mean boom, the baby was there that day. It meant that there was a process of time. So everybody has to know when you hear the command, our emotions now are going to play in the process of what? Time. Fear is what do we owe? Fear is who do we owe? Fear is what are they going to think? Fear is, oh my gosh, what's my mama going to say? <laughs> or what is my dad going to tell me? You know what I mean? Or what are my brothers and sisters? We start thinking about what everybody else thinks about our life and not where God is, where he's advancing us toward that vision that he showed us. So we have to know that our emotions weigh out those two things. Is that one? Is that 1202? Okay, good. Okay. All right. So everybody gets emotions. Emotions come. I'm just giving you a highlight of this. We're going to keep breaking it down throughout the year. But emotions are the fears that come to attack from Satan because he put those fears in you to get you to stop doing what God has called you to do. And, you know, here's the beautiful thing. I love this. I want you to remember this. The word tells us in Galatians that there are certain characteristics that if you can get these list of these characters, the fruit of the spirit, if you can get these in alignment, there will be no fear. 
All right, as you grow in him, Galatians 5.16. Go ahead, give me Galatians 5.16. I want you to recognize that as we move out our fears and we stick with the faith of what God is showing us, he's going to test us. Because then there's going to be a time we have to move our love and affections towards the goal he has for us. And it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, because fears want you to fulfill the lust of the flesh, the worldly ways of doing things. All right. But if we walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill that. So it doesn't make a difference. When we get something from God and he wants us to move, the first thing we think is, how are we going to look? What's this going to be like? Who's, you know what I'm saying? We start thinking about those things. Go to Galatians now 5.17. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Now, we already read that in Romans. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not... That, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, let me tell you something. What you really wish to do is what the Spirit wants you to do. How many people just want to be free, right? You really want to be free like that. So you really want to do what the Spirit wants you to do. But boy, man, that world, it gets tight. I love it. Transforming. (laughs) It is pressing. I always say like you're a square piece of paper and you got to get through a pinhole. You got to like crumple that paper and squeeze it through. You really have to be transformed. All right. So he tells us that what he's going to ask us to do is contrary to the world. Man, I think about that every day in business now. Okay. What is he going to ask me to do that's contrary to the world? Do you know what I mean? And then do it because he says, if he can love us in a manner that is contrary to the world, people are going to experience a love that they would have never known through your testimony. Through your testimony. I love it. Galatians 5.18 says, Galatians 5.18 says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Okay. So now what are the fruits of the spirit? What verse is that? Five. Is that 5.19? So I love this. Law means, law means discipline, right? So that means if you are doing what God tells you to do, There is no law that can condemn you. There is no law that can take you down. There is nothing because it says, nor eye has seen, nor ear has heard what God has for those who love him. All you have to do is press in and love him. And now your affections move like this. But the fruit of the spirit. So think about this. Make this list. Put it, slap it right in front of you. It was one of the first things I memorized here. We want to walk in what? Love. Okay, so think about it. There's no law against love. If the love is coming from true heart, even if you mess up and it's for the right reason, people always come and say to us, well, how do I know I'm supposed to give? I really want to give this person for this reason. Well, the first thing I ask them is, why are you doing it? Oh, because I really love them. Go do it. (laughs) Go do it. There's no law against love. You're not missing God if you're doing it at love. All right, then the next is what? Joy. All right, there is a joy that God wants us to wake up every day and he wants to have that joy. You know what joy is? Laughing at the devil. I'm telling you, every time I get that, where he asked me to do something that's so contrary, I do, I laugh later. I laugh so hard that sometimes I have to say, stop, 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 because the laugh is so great because he fills me with such a joy that I just want to keep walking this out with him every day. You can't, I love it. Any good marriage, 
I love this. If a husband and wife make a choice together and it's still the wrong choice, guess what? It is still the good choice because they did it together. Let me tell you something. There is grace on unity, unity, unity. So sometimes I feel like, okay, if I make a decision, it's not a good decision. But if I did it from the right heart, guess what? God's still going to advance that. He is still going to advance it. And then he's going to give me a joy on it that I'm going to do what? Just laugh because the whole time I condemn myself about it or beat myself up about it, he gives you a joy when he shows you what he does with it, okay? And then here's, and I'm really speaking from experience because I can feel the joy bubbling up every time I think about watching somebody actually do something the spirit directed them because you're just so happy that the devil already lost. You know, if we get that, he already loses if we just do what God shows us. You know what I mean? All right. So the next one, I love this. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, I missed. I'm sorry. Love, joy, peace. Man, peace is chief. That's our motive. That's our um, motto over there. If you're moving in something and peace is chief, go. All right. So, but I like this word. The, the one word that's kind of different in this is the word what? Long-suffering. I love that. As we grow. See you later, Prissy. As we grow in Christ or as we get a vision and God gives us a vision in business and we start it and we start walking towards it, it doesn't mean it's happy, skippy, and you're, you're getting there. He challenges your transformation of your mind. And when he, tra- when he challenges the transformation of your mind, you're feeling like you are long-suffering. There's a, there, there is a feeling of long-suffering, but as you press through with what? Kindness, love, and you keep pressing through, he's going he's gonna to break that, but he, he tests us. Are you going to stick with it? We live in a society that people buy and sell, buy and sell, buy and sell. The renewing of the mind is not buying and selling, okay? It is sowing and it's reaping. All right. And what you sow, you don't know how you're going to reap later. Because let me tell you something. When God had me sow the, all my finances in that house, don't get me wrong. Whew, that was a, it was a hard mental thinking. But he has blessed me more in everything that truly was the desire of my heart and not that, that $350,000. So get this. Against such, there is no law. Isn't that amazing? If we're in spirit, we're not subject to him. If our affections and love are pressed towards him in the belief of what he commands us and what he shows us, and when we diligently seek his word to back it up and move with it, do you know his word cannot come back void? Man, we have to understand these are seven functions, internal functions. The regenerated spirit, the gut intuition, communion, discernment. The more you spend with God, guess what? You discern your fear. The more you spend, you discern his love. You discern the moves of where God is sending you. And you even say, they're all going to think I'm crazy, but guess what? I am going to do it. So this is where I'm going. And you know what? And God will protect that. So isn't that awesome that we have a beautiful New Testament garden that God wants to actually supply all our prosperity? You really have to start believing that. He wants to supply every single one of your needs. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to have the angels, the time in worship. You will receive the answers from heaven. And guess what? When it's time for your affections to move your assignment, 
He actually has angels that are actually holding back everything negative. So you can, it's like grace that pushes you so far. Because he has the goal for you. I remember when I realized the, the reason why I wanted to get out of debt is because I went to a, a session here. And um, one of the ministers was talking about, it was a, a visiting minister. And he kept saying that we're to love nobody we're not to owe anybody but to love them. Well, I love the word love, you know what I mean? And I was just like, oh, you're right. And then it talked about how we should be a lender and not a, uh, not a borrower. And so it really did kind of like motivate me. And that's the night I went home and I wrote down all my debts. And I said, I want to be that. I really did. I told God, I want to I wanna be that. And then he started asking me questions. Do you want this house? I love how he asked. God will, it says in the word, it says Isaiah, he will ask you things before you step into things. If you're really spending time with him, he really wants the desire of your heart. I felt God had to ask me. He, he asked me, do you want this house? Now, isn't that awesome? And then I was like, I really was, I was in the shower and I really thought about it. And I started crying. I was like, no, it really wasn't a house I would have built for me. I did it for someone else. And so when I love how he transformed my affection into an affection for him to advance somebody else. Because when we're helping somebody else advance, you're advancing. That house helped a minister couple advance. They have now Southbridge Community Realty, or Community Realty. Southbridge Community, um, it's all about possession of the soul. Uh, okay, you're supposed to laugh. <laughs> they have Southbridge Community Church now, based out of that house. They have saved souls in that house. They even saved one of the owners who owns Club One, got saved in that house. It's powerful what he has done in that house. And so when I think about it, it does make me cry because one release saves many souls. And so when God asks you to do something that almost seems contrary, that is a good sign that he's in it, but wait on the move of the spirit. If you immediately fear fear, bing, good thing. Fear is a good thing if you sense it when God is moving you, isn't it? Because that means you know he's about to do something that you can't do. So it's awesome. Praise God. I want to read one story before we go. Todd, what's the time? What? Okay, 12, 13. We have 15 more minutes. I think this is awesome how God always gives us an order in the word that really motivates us. And I feel that I want to leave with knowing that your soul is the New Testament garden. It is the key. I love it. It is a slot that God needs to work to advance people and yourself into what God has asked you to do. So in the garden before Jesus was crucified, he went to pray. And Todd, if you can put up Matthew chapter 26, and I think this is verse 36. Put up two verses at a time until we hit 46. It's just 10 verses. This is awesome. I was really meditating on this last night. It made me cry because it's so awesome how God already shows us. It is so beautiful. Do you know olive oil is such an awesome thing? Olive oil is a symbolism. Do you know what I mean? That when you get anointed with oil, you know, it, it is just letting you know the anointing oil has power. Well, Jesus was called, he knew that he, okay, well, we'll start reading here. It says, then Jesus came with them to a place called, does anybody know really how to say that? Gethsemane? Gethsemane? Okay, yeah, I'm not really, how do you say it, Joyce? Gethsemane. Okay. I, know, I don't even say it. Jean has a car. I don't even say right. All right, just go ahead. Yeah. All right. Well, Gethsemane 
Kestenemi. Okay, I looked that up last night. I didn't know what that meant. And it meant oil press place. Okay. And then, and this is really kind of beautiful, what the Lord was showing me. Gethsemane was also at the base of the Mount of Olives. It was at the base because the Mount of Olives was full of olive trees. And they would take all the olives and they would bring it to this garden for them to be pressed. I think it's interesting that Jesus went to the garden, a place of the oil press. All right. When I look at the regenerated spirit, an old oil press back in the olden days was a disc just like the spirit, a disc, all right? And then there would be a rod that looked like the cross. Believe it or not, it would have a, and then it would be longer on one side, and then on it would be another millstone. And the millstone, a person would pull, and the millstone would have to go around the circle, and it was a circle within a circle. And it was so beautiful because that press is our soul. When Jesus went to the garden, He went to a place of oil press. Now think about it. If we're little olives, right, and we're being put, you know what I'm saying, in a basin to be pressed, well, the transforming, the renewing mind of our soul is when we allow it to be pressed. We have to allow our soul to be pressed like an olive because out of it you're going to get the pure anointing oil that's going to advance the plan of God in your life. He shows us this in his prayer. He says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. Names are really important in the Bible. They have meaning, all right? It says, and said to the disciples, I like this. He talked to his friends. He says, sit here while I go pray over there. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you are in the garden and you know God is pressing the transformation of your soul, what's one of the things you got to do? Pray. You, you are praying. Prayer just, I love it. In spirit, prayer is just coming out because the affliction of our soul, the fears that we get attacked with. So the moment you have fear, go do what? Pray. The moment you hear an assignment, Jesus already knew assignment was coming the next day. He already told his disciples that he was going to have to be what? Crucified. He was going to be killed. He was going to be betrayed. Now, come on. Isn't it amazing? God will show you something before it happens. We're no different from Jesus in that. We just miss it if we don't spend time with him. He says, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of, thank you, and he began to become sorrowful and deeply distressed. When God's about to move you in something, you can feel the oil press of your soul because the signs are there is a sorrowfulness. There is a deep distress in your soul. All right. And it starts, it is like the millstone. It's just going, it's going, it's going, but you have to give it to prayer. Give me the next two verses, please. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to what? Death. Stay here and watch with me. So I love it how he brought his disciples, but One thing he is teaching us that as we advance the kingdom of God from within us, okay, we can have our regenerated spirit, but it's going to be doing an oil pressing of our soul so that we can become death of our old behavior. We can bury that. So, because he wants to resurrect us into the new man he's created us to be, whatever career job change you're doing, whatever in your family, he wants to resurrect you into that. It's already done. The resurrection has already come. So it sits before us, 
but we have to go through the press. He says, he went a little farther and fell on, I like it, posture, movement is changing position, changing posture. He fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it is what? (laughs) Man, when I looked at my debt and I looked at the things, I did have to say, is it what? Possible. What you're asking me to do is going to bring me to death. I'll have no money. (laughs) No, I want us to think about the things God advances us to. And he says, I remember having those moments. Oh my God, what are you doing? I mean, I'm going to do it. But at the same time, you're thinking, this can't work, right? So he fell on his face. His posture changed. Movement, movement, movement. Saying, oh my father, it is possible. Let this cup pass from me. Because let me tell you, when God asks you to do something that's contrary, the first thing you ask is, do I have, is this, do I really? <laughs> Everything he's asked me to be so contrary outside of myself, I had to let him, I'm not sure if I'm the one that's supposed to do that. I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this. But it bubbles up. It bubbles up. It pushes you. You keep praying to him. You're going to have to give me a sign. How many people ask for a sign? Come on. You're going to have to give me a confirmation on that. Because what you saw seems so none of the world. All right. So, oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. We do ask him to pass the cup. We do ask him that cup. Nevertheless, if we can always surrender and say your will, but as you will will it, not as I will will it. Next two verses. Then he came to the disciples and found them what? Sleeping. Oh, my God. That's our flesh. I liked it. The disciples weren't where Jesus was at. So even though he asked, he asked them to pray for him. Come on, how many intercessors sleep it? (laughs) I do laugh because I remember like, you know, when God's asking you to carry another person's burden, you really, (laughs) sometimes, sometimes we're sleepers. You know what I mean? Because Peter, Peter, James, and uh, John did not, I got it. I got, no, I got Carrie, Todd, and Chris. (laughs) I got my three disciples. Are you guys sleeping? Are you worshiping, praying the Lord? (laughs) I like it. Watch, he says, he says, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said, Peter, Carrie, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not do this for me one hour? One hour. Now, I like that because Jesus, I like, he really does talk to us in a cool kind of way. But now he says, watch. He gives him instruction again. Watch, pray. Lest you enter into temptation. What was the temptation? Their sleep. Going into their sleep. The spirit indeed is what? Willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. Let me tell you, when God is asking you to really do something, you feel the weakness on you. Like you can't do it. You feel it. He's trying to get you into a posture. He's trying to get you into place so your soul can be pressed. So in that pressing is when the moving happens. Do you know, sometimes we get in the way of God's plan for people's lives when we want to do things for people out of a good heart, and you know God's always going to honor that. But then he says, I'm trying to do something with them. I'm trying to bring them into something that when the shift happens in the spirit on that, boom, he catapults them. And so that's what our heart wants. We want people to know, we know our spirit is willing. We all speak our spirit's willing, don't we? Yeah, we got this down, we got this down, we got this down. And then when you got to be in private, we don't have this down. He says, but our flesh is weak. It says again, a second time. Now he went away and he prayed saying, oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass. (laughs) Do you notice how we got change of tense there? 
Now, if it cannot pass away, which means he was already recognizing the stirring. It wasn't going that he was building. It was building. It was building. If it cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, that means I got to what? Do it. Your will be done. And he came and found them what? Carrie! <laughs> I joke with these guys. I call them Jean's disciples because they've grown so much in this. But I mean, I call myself that too. I've been a sleeper, you know? And it says, can, can the, okay. And he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were what? Heavy. Because why? They didn't have all that Jesus had in them. So they were doing probably the best that they could do, you know? But Jesus, even he had the war of his soul. Because he came from heaven into the man, into a body of a man. So he had to live blameless, sinless, but still had to choose God. He still had to choose God's will. And even though he battled, I love Jesus. He is, I'd rather have him judge me than anybody else because he knows what it's like, right? He, He went through what we go through. He is the one, we keep our eye on Jesus and we look under the way he gives us order, man, you're going to get through your, you're going to get through your cycles a little bit faster. Go to the last two verses. It says, so he left them, went away again. I like it. How many times now? Three times and prayed the third time saying, I like this. We walk by witness. So when we're walking something out, we have to kind of keep pressing it. We have to keep taking it to prayer. We got to worship God. We got to keep going to it because if it is God, it's going to keep manifesting. It's going to keep, it's going to keep, and he's going to give you the confidence to do what you're called to do. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Question mark. Behold, the hour is at hand and the son of man is being betrayed into the hand of sinners. There's one more verse. Rise, let us be going. See my betrayer is at hand. Now, I want you to know that as we are walking out our careers, our marriages, and everything, I want you to take this thought of movement out the door today, and I want you to reflect on the prayer, because there's always going to be a betrayer. There's a betrayer around you at all times, and that betrayer is a voice. Don't look at it as a person. The betrayer is a voice, and if you can discern the voice of who is speaking to him, you can hear God assignment and confirmation through a betrayer. Jesus was awesome with Judas because he knew that Judas was his betrayer, but Judas was also could let him know the timing of things. He was aware of the timing. So this is where we love everybody. Everybody's just a vessel. There's no reason not to love a person because they could be used to encourage you. They could even be used as a betrayer to speak something of the enemy that's going to give you the clue to know to get right into your posture, to go right to where you need to be, to advance you right where you need to go. And then he tells you he is going to rise up and then he's going to go do the assignment. And so I want everybody to remember, we live in the dispensation of the resurrected Christ. Resurrected Christ. Jesus came as the sanctifier of our soul. When Jesus Christ is the resurrection that pushes you right to where you need to be in your job, your family, whatever you're doing. If you really surrender him to every day, I'm not telling you that you're going to make it every, I mean, we hit and miss. I I get tossed to and fro. But now that I get the rotation and then I know how to judge this, I let Jesus now sanctify my soul and whatever. He will sanctify your soul 
to give you the strength to do what you're called to do. Everything he's asked me to do, he had to teach me the purpose, the why. He had to put me in prayer. He had to put me in worship. And But then when I did it, the joy that overtook me when I would do the assignment, and it always related to love, kindness, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, because he's going to teach you that in everything. And so if you can keep those things in alignment, man, you are blessed people because it is 100% guaranteed successful order. So if everybody wants to reflect on that when they leave, but this is the year of movement. So today, last month, if you want to get the tape, we talked about the source of the advancement of the plan. Today, we talked about the importance of the producer. Jesus could have said no to his father, but he didn't because they were what? One. They were one. They moved as one. And that's why I said, even if something isn't right in our world today, when we do something together, and if we agree on it, and if it's not right, God's going to give us grace because we, if we did it from the right heart and the right move, he's going to do something to show us, show off to us how he changes things. So I don't want anybody to fear missing God. I want you to have the fear of the Lord and seek him in a way that's not asking him for possession. It's seeking him to be transformed into a oneness. That's pretty deep, isn't it? I remember when the Lord taught me that two years ago. He was teaching me that oneness in him, becoming one in him. And so it's now the way I hear God is different than the way I heard God seven years ago. I would need somebody to speak to me. I would need to kind of hear an inner thing. But now I feel I feel a oneness and sometimes I feel a move and it just flows. And I didn't have to, I knew it was his voice. And so that's what we're growing up to be, confident in that unity that's built within us first. There can't be anything manifesting on the outside until this gets in order. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. So praise God. Does anybody have any questions? It's 1229. I did it one minute saving. Anybody have any questions? Anybody have any testimonies of anything about, you know, how God moved you? Motivate the body? Hmm? Movement. Okay, well, good. Well, everybody's going to come with testimony next week. All right, praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we love you with our whole heart, our soul, and our body. Lord, thank you for sending your son.